This is Kyle Keller. You're listening to H10, Hanshin Tigers English News. Thanks, Kyle. We are back with a fresh episode of Hanshin Tigers English News H10 for you, fellow Hanshin Tigers fan. Welcome to episode 171 on this beautiful, sunny Monday, April the 10th here in Nishinomiya, Japan. I'm the founder of H10, T-Ray, and joining me from Hawaii is JJJ Sanjay. Aloha, brada. Aloha, brada, T-Ray. I am coming at you from Honolulu, Hawaii, where it's still Sunday, but it was a beautiful day here too. So we're two for two. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know what? We were actually pretty good on a few other predictions that we made on the the last show. We'll get to that in a little bit. On today's show, we are going to give you our first impressions of the 2023 Tigers. We'll kind of go through the lineup and through, you know, the rotation and stuff and tell you what we think about all the guys. So Sanjay, are you ready to give the fans their required dosage of Hanshin Tigers dopamine? Bring it on, brother T-Ray. All right, good. I am too. It's time for some rumors and news. First up, we are going to talk about the injuries that this team has incurred or had incurred. And we're going to start with some pretty good news. And that would be that bees, Jeremy Beasley, who had the bees knees issues. That hopefully (laughs) will be the last time that we have to use that corny phrase because he joined the top squad roster on April the 2nd. So he did not make it for opening day. But I remember like Okada seemed worried and, and was thinking maybe he'd be back by interleague. But here he is. He made his debut on April the 7th, and we'll talk about that when we do the recaps. But great news that the Bees is here. And uh, I've got a little bit of a side note on that. Um, I managed to find Bees on social media. I contacted him, asked him if we can do an interview, and he said, yes, sir. And so uh, hopefully sometime this month, we are going to be sitting down with the man and doing an interview for you. Awesome stuff. Yes, I'm very excited. I'm always happy to meet and talk to these guys, befriend them, and you know, just kind of give them a bit of the spotlight that they deserve and give a bit of news to their family and friends back home as well. Surely, okay. surely. Moving on to other injuries. We have got Ito, our starting lefty, who has shoulder issues. He threw a sim game on the 5th of April, um, faced seven batters, gave up no hits, struck out three, and then he played on the farm on the 8th, went three innings, and allowed three runs, and apparently he is not ready yet for the top squad. It might take a couple more times down on the farm. Mm, get well soon, brother. Yes, and on that same note, though, uh, Iwasada, another lefty, a uh, guy who was raring for the rotation spot, that last rotation spot, um, also had shoulder issues, nothing major. He also threw a sim game on the 5th and played on the farm on the 8th, so he kind of shadowed um, Ito. Uh, except, of course, his were both shorter because he's a reliever, so his farm action was one inning pitched, one run against. It was an unearned run. And so Okada has said that Iwasada is more likely to get a call-up before Ito. So that's good to beef up our bullpen because I noticed we are kind of lacking in the lefty department. I think we have Iwasaki and Tomida as our lefties out of the bullpen. I think those are the two, yeah. Shimamoto is on the farm as well. So, yeah. 
never hurts to have that extra lefty in there. And Iwasada is, you know, one of our most experienced pitchers. So we're looking forward to getting him back. The last injury is not an injury, but an illness. And that would be um, Nabedo, Watanabe, who uh, had flu-like symptoms. He had a high fever uh, and other symptoms, and they tested him for COVID. It was not COVID, but they still allowed um, him to get some rest. And they still have that kind of protocol in place for COVID or COVID-like symptoms. So he can get um, deactivated and then reactivated within that 10-day spell. Usually if you deactivate a guy, he spends a minimum of 10 on the farm. In this case, they can call him up sooner. I think, when did that happen, Sanjay? That was like the 7th of April? I think that's right. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Anyhow, yeah. um, we I believe we'll expect him back sometime this coming week. So, are you ready, Sanjay, for a new jingle? Yes. Let's do Bring it. it on. It's the import report. What was that? Did you hear something? Coming in from around the world, foreign imports. So during this uh, segment of the show, we're probably not going to talk in detail about each guy, although if something really big happens, we will. We basically want to make sure that we're sharing with you how each of these guys are doing on the season as far as stats um, and where they're at. Are they on the top squad or are they on the farm? So this is probably just a one, two minute segment. But for all of you who are you know, paying that extra special attention to the imports, we want to give them the attention that they deserve. So let's run down who is where right now. We'll start with the pitchers. As we mentioned in the injury report, Beasley is on the top squad. He has thrown one inning of action and allowed zero runs. So he's got an ERA of zero. His pitch count was a little bit high, um, ran into a bit of trouble, but ended up with a clean inning. All's well that ends well. That's right. That's right. And it was his first mound and, you know, let him get rid of, you know, the, the nerves and stuff. He was facing, of course, the swallows, which is not an easy task for anyone, no matter how much of a slump they're in. So, yeah, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do in the weeks to come. Also on the top squad is KK, Kyle Keller the man who introduced today's show, he has thrown three innings of uh, ball and allowed two runs. Those are both in the same outing and he's got four strikeouts. So a really solid K rate. <laughs> KK rate. KK rate. Yes. And speaking of Ks, BK, Brian Keller is down on the farm. He has thrown 10 and two thirds innings and struck out 11. So pretty impressive K rate there as well. But his ERA is 4.22. I think he's struggled a bit with control and I think he's got like six walks in those 10 and two thirds innings. Mm. hope he straightens it out sure hope so yeah and let's stay on the farm just for a bit then go to the position players and uh mieses Mie uh he he is on the farm and yet he is not so we'll start with that um there were some issues within his family um i don't know i don't know if it's a serious illness or a death we're not really sure exactly but he has returned to the dominican republic to kind of tend to some family matters so we're wishing him and his family all the best and just hope that everything works out for the best for them um, so no word on exactly when he's expected back, but he's not with either team at present. Um, uh, on the farm, he was yeah. six for 18 with no home runs and two RBI. Yeah. Sending you positive prayers, Mia-chan. Indeed. All right. And our final import, that would be um, Noisy, 
who is up on the top squad and his slash line right now is looking pretty good. 344, 400, 375 with three RBI. So he has really filled that number three spot quite nicely. Um, and we'll talk more about him in the hot topic, won't we? Sounds good. All right. Next new jingle. Here it is. Fuji. Do eat. Do eat chicken with Fuji Nami. Do eat chicken with Fuji Nami. Do eat Fuji Nami. So we're following our boy Shintaro Fuji Nami, right? who is with the Oakland A's. And before we talk about his numbers, which are not very happy, um, we should mention that none of the A's pitchers really are doing very well, and none of the A's batters are doing very well either. So the fact that he has <laughs> no wins and two losses, um, of course, it's a reflection of his pitching, but it's also a reflection of how bad this A's team is this year. So Fuji started on April the 1st against the Angels. No fooling, this was a rough outing for him. The first two innings were great, were they not? Yes, they were. He was six like up, lights six up. Down? Six, I think so. Six up, six down. I believe so. And then he only recorded one more out the rest of the way, allowed eight runs in that third inning. Well, actually, he left the mound, I think, with five runs on his tab. And then the bases were loaded. And the next guy in allowed all three runners to score. Something like that. And kind then a similar thing point happened. about the rest of the pitching. Sorry? Kind of proves your point about the rest of the pitching. Yeah. And you know what? Like the guy who started after Fujinami or a couple days later had the exact same stat line, two and a third innings pitched and eight runs against. <laughs> so it's not that Fuji is the, re you know, the reason for the A's poor record or he's, you know, the, uh, uh, the albatross or anything like that. Like it's just a bad team. And then um, on the eighth, he faced the Rays. And as those of you who follow MLB know, the Rays are having a crazy good start. They're a very dangerous lineup. And again, it was kind of the same story. His first three innings this time were really good. And then in the fourth and fifth, he fell apart. Um, ultimately, he ended up with uh, four and a third innings, three hits, four walks, one hit batsman, and five runs on his tab, um, and just one strikeout in this one. So we're hoping that Fuji can turn things around. But Sanjay, um, you know, we see how well he did in the first two innings of his debut and the first three innings of his second start. And you're thinking to yourself, Maybe this guy really is destined for the bullpen. And it's not such a bad thing because there's another Osaka native who went to the majors and kind of had a similar storyline and ended up doing quite well for himself. Mr. Koji Uehara. Yep. And uh, he can be, he can hold his head high and, and be proud of his accomplishments. And I'm hoping that Fuji can do the same. Indeed. Yeah. Can you imagine the day may come where we see Fuji on the mound for the final out of the World Series? That would be unbelievable. That would be cool. I'm dreaming it. <laughs> okay. So let's head down to the farm and see what's up with the farm boys. So as of April the 9th, the farm team has a really rough record of three wins and nine losses. Believe it or not, they're not in last place. The A's of the Western League, aka the Chunichi Dragons, are three and 12 and one. 
<laughs> so we have a bit of breathing room on them. Uh, we just broke a huge losing streak uh, on Sunday to give us our third win. We've actually had six rainouts already this season on the farm, and they don't make up those games. And so, you know, we should have played uh, 18 by now. We've only played 12. I want, does the Chunichi farm team play in the dome, the Vantolin dome, or no? No, they don't. I mean, they might on occasion, just the way that our farm team occasionally plays at Koshien, but it's not their regular uh, stomping grounds. Okay. So I think it just, you know, it just has worked out. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Western League has five teams. So at any given time, there's only two matchups going on and one team is resting or playing in uh, exhibition games that don't count. So the times that we were resting, maybe there was good weather and the times that we were playing, there was bad weather is <laughs> kind of how I see it. <laughs> okay. it's shaking Got out. it. Yeah. So standout hitters are number three draft pick, um, Hinase Itsubo, still uh, raking. He's got a 395, 410, 684 slash line on the farm. Woo! Yeah. And he's the guy who hit the walk-off uh, double to give us the win on Sunday. So 18 years old? Are you kidding me? Crazy good stuff. Another guy who belongs on the top squad or seems to because he was on the top squad for much of last year is Dan Onodera slashing 387, 459, 484. So doing quite well. No home runs yet for him. And then a young guy that we really want to see up on the top squad, and that would be Mayagawa uh, Ukyo, right? Uh, slashing 333, 353, 394. So those are our three kind of standout hitters. They're all outfielders, by the way. So they would need to get playing time away from either Morista or Noisy, or there would have to be an injury for them to really make a dent on the top squad. And we kind of don't want that to happen. Can I make a little point for those who don't know who Onodera is, that his name is Dan, which yeah. translates very well into English as Dan, but yeah. he's not half or anything. Right. And the kanji for his name is warm. Uh, yeah. So hopefully he will heat up as the season goes on. Okay. Uh, bad pun. Then uh, we only have one standout pitcher because as I said, with a three and nine record, it means that we're losing a lot of games and giving up a lot of runs. Uh, and that would be uh, our number three pick from a few years back. Uh, in the same draft as Junya, and that would be Oyokawa, who so far on the farm has gone seven and two-thirds innings pitched, 10 strikeouts, and a zero ERA. In fact, I believe it was Sunday that he went six and two-thirds shutout innings. So he actually is back in the rotation on the farm, which is kind of where he wanted to be in the first place. So it's nice to see that he's getting those long innings and he's able to perform. Yeah, we we could use him up on the top squad. Definitely. He's a good lefty. Um, and I think they're probably going to use him a bit longer on the farm just because one start doesn't really prove anything yet. And our starting rotation on the top squad is still quite good. It will also depend on whether or not Ito comes back healthy and strong or not. Okay, before we get into recapping the first eight games of Hanshin Tigers action, let's thank some of our patrons. And you can join them on patreon.com slash the Hanshin Tigers if you want to support H10 and the work that we do here. So we would like to thank Anita in Nishinomiya, Ian Hadel in Texas, Joe in Wakayama, Jamie Owens of Central English Okayama, Shane Barclay of Japan Ball, Tom Zilla in Osaka, Rick Silvers in Texas, Fran in the UK, Mario in the USA, Yana Rasanen in Osaka slash Helsinki, and the Tokyo Swallows podcast. And we're going to be talking about them Tokyo Swallows real soon in the recaps as well. Thank you all for making this podcast possible. We appreciate your patronage. Thank you, patrons.
Hey, uh, I need to thank Jimbo for the new jingles that you heard earlier in the show. My buddy Jimbo that I've known for a good 10 years now um, just kind of has that little bit of a creative edge to him. And I, I asked him for the Fuji. I asked him for a few other jingles and he came through. So we appreciate it. Um, good times just makes the show a little bit more colorful. So we appreciate that. Now, you've all been waiting to hear how the Tigers have done in their first eight games of action. Last time, Sanjay, we did some predicting and correct me if I'm wrong. You said six and three. Yes, I did. And I said uh, five and four, but there might be a rain out in there. And if so, I'm going to say five and three. That's exactly what you said. Yes. And you got correct the number of games we are over 500. And I got correct the number of wins. So I think we both win. <laughs> it works for me. Yeah, and that was actually pretty good predicting for both of us. It didn't yeah. work out the way that I thought it would, but it is quite interesting. So we're 5-2-1 and one right now. Let's talk about opening day. We'll give a little bit of uh, special attention to that game because it's always the most exciting one for fans coming out of hibernation. And then we'll kind of you know breeze through much of the rest of it. So we're starting on March the 31st against the Baystars at Kyocera Dome. And starting on the mound for us, of course, is the Blue Goat uh, who... It's always good, but this is the first year he was opening day pitcher. Let's go first, through. Day, first year that he actually got the pitch as the opening day pitcher. Right, right. So he was named opening day pitcher last year, and then because of COVID, he wasn't able to. So let's go through our starting order on this day. And actually, this has been, at least the, the first five have been the same for all eight games. And mm -hmm. the bottom four have swapped in and out a little bit. Okay. So we had uh, Chikamoto batting first, playing center. Nakano batting second, playing second. Noisy batting third, playing left. Oyama batting fourth, playing first. Sato batting fifth, playing third base. Morishita playing, uh, batting sixth and playing in right field. Umeno batting seventh and catching. Obata batting eighth at shortstop. And then Aoyagi as the number nine hitter. Going up against Kenta Ishida, uh, who was the opening day starter for the Bay Stars. Keep in mind, the Bay Stars finished in second place last year and they kind of owned us last season so we really wanted to make a statement here especially while they are kind of in a state of weakness if you will um they've got kind of three really good pitchers that they were unable to use in this series and boy oh boy we took advantage so here we go uh bottom of the second inning umeno obata and chikamoto each drove in one run chikamoto's was on a sack fly and umeno got thrown out at third base for the third out of that but that was three runs for us uh, in the bottom of the second, and then Aoyagi with a squeeze bunt in the bottom of the fourth to get us our fourth run. And then the very next inning, Oyama with a sack fly to get us our fifth run. So it's a five to zero lead, right? Mm. And then um, homeboy Aoyagi got into a bit of trouble in the sixth inning. He wanted to finish that inning, uh, but he got pulled, right, with two outs in the sixth? I think and, so. And a runner on base, and Iwasaki allowed that inherited runner to score. And then KK, Kyle Keller gave up two runs. So now all of a sudden the score is five to three and it's looking a bit dangerous, but Obata came through with an RBI single in the bottom of the eighth to give us a six to three lead for Atsu. Atsu, Atsu. Yes, Yuasa, our closer, who was on, of course, the WBC Samurai Japan team. Now, um, Okada had talked about giving him a bit of extra time to reaccustom himself to the NPB ball and just to get himself back into complete game shape. But I guess like he did well just before the season started in some practice games and in his, you know, simulated games or whatever. So he got the mound. 
man, was there ever some drama there. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. The first, okay, so the first five batters he faced, well, that's telling you something there. He faced more than five batters, but um, <laughs> nobody put a ball in play in those first five batters. There were three walks and two strikeouts. Right? <laughs> and I think his pitch count was somewhere like 30 at this point. <laughs> and we've got Neftali Soto <laughs> at the dish with the go-ahead runner, the go-ahead runner, pardon me, uh, well, he would be the go-ahead runner. The tying runner yeah, was yeah. on first base. So, you know, right. uh, uh, an extra base hit could have tied the game here. A home run would have given them the lead. It would have been completely reminiscent of last year's opening day where it just felt like, man, a game that we should have had in the bag got away. Fortunately, um, I think this at-bat also went to a full count, if I'm not mistaken, and he popped up to shortstop to end the game. 6-3 to three win for the Hanshin Tigers. A real nail-biter, even though we won by three and we were up by five. Any thoughts, Sanjay, on this opening day game? How much of it did you get to watch, first of all? Because it went late into the night for you. It certainly did go late into the night. And I think I tuned out um, before the last inning, last maybe last two innings. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I woke up and read about it and then watched the recaps. And I was like... Probably best my blood pressure that I didn't watch it live. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened to me. I can't believe Japan does this still. But, you know, when um, the clock strikes a clock, whatever it might be, they're like, well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So you'll have to catch the results on the radio or on the, the late night news. And, you know, me being the somewhat cheapskate, but just like, yeah, I was like, I don't need Toratere. I'm good. Right. So I didn't get to watch the end of the game live <laughs> i had to follow it on an app um and right after the game i was like okay that is i'm getting toretere like there's no <laughs> i'm not letting this happen again this is just nuts i have to watch this stuff and let me tell you it paid off uh actually yesterday we'll talk about that later in the recaps but i didn't get to see the usa drama except on my phone oh, like wow. as as visuals yeah not no no video anyhow yeah um really fortunate to win this game but also you know we we kind of we owned it we owned this game from start to finish. You know, we did have a few, you know, um, blips there. Like KK didn't do particularly well, um, you know, but it's all right. It's all right. We win six to three. We take the opener. We are one game above 500. It took until game 10 to win our first game last year. We did it in game one. <laughs> yeah. Well, by, by those comparisons, uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of superlatives this year. Yes, and we can compare how many wins we had at what point for a few more here. But uh, here we go. Let's get into game two and then game three, and then we'll talk a little bit more in general. So game two, same starting lineup. And uh, Akiyama is on the bump for us, kind of replacing Ito, if you will. Mm -hmm. And he got tattooed in the top of the first to the tune of four runs. So we are down 4-0 before we even get to the dish. The good news is their starter, Gaselman, did not have a great start either. And so Oyama, Morista, and Umeno retaliated in the bottom of the first with a run, a piece, uh, or an RBI piece, I should say. And mm -hmm. then in the second inning, they got a home run in the top of the inning, a solo home run. So it's 5-3. to three. And then we got a run in the bottom of the inning. So now it's 5-4. to four. So actually, this game that looked really bad after the top of the first uh, settled down. Sato tied the game on a sack fly in the bottom of the fifth. And then it went scoreless. Like the bats just all went dead the rest of the way. Or the pitchers just really clamped down. So 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, top of 12 was all zeros 
And then in the bottom of the 12th against their closer, Yamasaki, uh, bases loaded. And I believe this was also full count. I could be wrong. It might've been a 2-2 count. Chikamoto, though, hit one to the left center gap. And it's a walk-off win for us. Thanks to Chikamoto in the bottom of the 12th. And Ren Tomida got his first career win on his first career mound. Woohoo! Exciting stuff. So again, uh, 2-0 record, two games above 500. It took us until game 18 to get win two last year, I believe. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so game two this year. So there we go. And hey, you know, all these, all good things come in threes. So we'll go to Sunday for the third win. And uh, it was the same starting lineup. Psyche was on the bump for this one for us. And Oyama, Morista, and Umeno in the bottom of the second with an RBI apiece. Morista with a bases loaded walk in the bottom of the third. Iwazaki again gave up a run or two runs, I should say, in the top of the seventh. I think they were both on Psyche's tab. Um, so again, he left midway through the inning with runner or runners on base. Anyhow, um, so it's four to two at this point, I believe. And yeah, our, well, spoiler alert, our one and only home run of this eight game stretch came right here in the bottom of the eighth with Haraguchi. It was pretty cool because um, we had a pinch runner in who stole second base. Um, or was it not a pinch runner? Was it Nakano? Do you remember? I don't remember, but it was, it was, you know, one strike. Yes, but it was, it was a pickoff move actually. So it was, there was one strike and then there was a pickoff move. Yeah. And it was Nakano and he made it to second. Yes. Yes. And he, he was going to go on first move anyway. Yeah. And he beat the throw from first to second. Yeah. Which is crazy. So now we've got a runner in scoring position and Okada, uh, replaces whoever was at the dish. I forget who, I think it might've been Shimada, uh, replaced him with Gucci. So Gucci came up to the dish, Haraguchi with one strike on him. And it was mm-hmm. Escobar on the mound for them. And the first pitch he saw, he tattooed, he smoked that thing into the, I think it might've even been the second uh, deck uh, in left. So six to two lead and six to two win. Psyche with the win. Everything's good. We sweep the base stars. We are three and oh on the season. Man, three games above 500 was our peak last year. <laughs> All <laughs> is well with the world. <laughs> we're almost done with our comparisons of last year, although we might come back with more uh, next time. Anyhow, um, Sanjay, thoughts on this three-game series on the whole? You know, we're back to the start of the days when um, we kind of owned Yokohama Ginko, yeah. Yokohama yeah. Bank, Bank of Yokohama, and uh, really impressed with Okada and how he managed the victories. I mean, there were certainly blood pressure raising, heart stopping moments in there. But it's kind of nice to have that old man on the bench kind of sitting there looking like, yeah, I've seen this all. Mm-hmm. I got it all figured out. Let me do my thing and you guys do your thing. And he seemed to make all the right calls in this series too, didn't he? Yeah. Like he, when he called for a pinch hitter, like did. the Haraguchi, right? And it just seemed like everything worked. And you know, again, we're not going to talk about the old manager, the former manager, but yeah, I mean, like you said, there's just that quiet reassurance of having that old veteran manager on the bench that has been there, done that and seen it all and doesn't panic and knows what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So good stuff. Okay. Let's move on to the next series. Then we head to Hiroshima. And actually this was the whole week. There was pretty rainy. The first game was actually the, the best chance for us to play proper baseball. So Again, same starting lineup, except for the pitcher who on this day was Yuki Nishi. 
And uh, we started things with some scoring uh, early in the game. Morista with a sack fly. Man, how many sack flies have we had so far this season, right? Then it's an RBI double for Morista his next time up. Noisy with an RBI. Oyama with a, you guessed it, sack fly. Uh, so that's <laughs> 4-0. But the Carp scrapped back. They had an RBI double. They had a home run. Um, and then in the top of the ninth, though, uh, the, the game was 4-4. Four four. We're up against Kudibayashi, their closer. And Nakano walks. Then it's a hit and run with Shimada, and that was with one out already. So I think that was the second out. And then Oyama um, with two outs. Uh, no, pardon me. Yeah, it was two outs uh, with an RBI double to left center uh, to give us the lead. It's five to four. Yuasa comes in, bang, 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 saves it for us. Much cleaner save than the first one. And we win five to four, and we are four and oh on the season. And we're one of three undefeated teams left in NPB at this point. Yeah, I kind of felt like this was like a two wins in one. I felt like we had a sayonara win when we scored that go-ahead run on the top of ninth, and mm -hmm. then another win when USI shut the door on them. Yes, and being able to kick a little dirt on Kuribayashi, whom we couldn't figure out to save our lives for his first two seasons of baseball, that's a good sign too. Love that. <laughs> so, good stuff. The next day was rained out. Actually, we played... How much of this game did we get played? Or none, none. We didn't get any of it played. I'm thinking of the farm. The farm actually had one that went partway through and then got called. This one, we didn't play at all. It was rained out. So that was April the 5th. Then April the 6th, we're again going against the carp and Junya Nishi is on the mound for us. And this one also was a very rainy affair from start to finish. And it ended early. It ended after five innings. Junya though, um, he was keeping the ball up in the zone and they were mashing that ball. They actually hit like four to the fence or beyond. One of them was a home run. Two of them ended up being doubles and one was an outstanding catch at the wall. So he gave up three runs in his five innings. He gets credited with a complete game loss and we get a shutout on our record. Well, a bad shutout on our record. So it's our first shutout loss, but it was only a five inning affair. So I kind of feel like, you know, I'm tracking shutouts again this year. And I feel like while I'm only counting this one because I have to, but we would have scored. Let's put an asterisk on that one. I kind of have actually. Yeah, because honestly, like um, the team is producing They they really I mean, up until this point, you know, we had six, six, six and five runs. Right. So but the range is really slowed us down. So three nothing loss, our first loss on the year. We're four and one. And then we come home to face the Yakult Swallows, the defending two time defending Central League champs. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so Aoyagi's on the mound. And yeah, this game started again, very rainy. And the whole day was quite rainy. Um, and actually it looked like this game might get called early as well. So in the bottom That's of the first, I thought. yeah, actually, yeah. So top of the first, actually, there was one play where noisy lost the ball in the rain and then he had to dive to make a catch on a very routine fly ball. And then the same thing happened in the bottom of the first on a Chikamoto fly ball, but Santana was not able to catch it. So Chikamoto turned that into a triple and then Nakano hit, you guessed it, a sack fly to score us a run. <laughs> Unbelievable how many sack flies we are hitting this year. So. Um, Aoyagi was quite good in this one. He went seven full innings and in the top of the seventh, the very first pitch that he served up was demolished by Osuna for a home run. So that was a solo home run. Um, and that was in the top of the seventh. He finished up the inning. <coughs> Excuse me. I hope that can be, uh, snipped a little bit. So by this point, um, the weather had cleared up. 
And so it was nice and, you know, nice and dry, relatively speaking. But it's one to one after seven innings. And then Hamachi came in the eighth, I believe it was, and gave up a two run home run to Yamada. And our team ended up with just three hits on the day. And that included the Chikamoto lucky triple. So uh, we ended up losing this one three to one for our first home Koshien opener loss in six, seven years. I forget. But we're usually pretty good on that opening day. I see. We kind of get revenge the next day. Um, I was at this one. It was a beautiful day, except for just before the game, it rained. But um, we had Otake on the mound for this one, making his debut with the Tigers. And um, in this one, it was early in the game that Nakano hit a double. And then Noisy with this might have been the first. It was the first inning. Nakano hit a double. Um, that was pretty close to going yard if it weren't for the wind, maybe. Um, and then noisy with a single that actually had to be reviewed because it was first called uh, a catch. And then Nakano was doubled out at second because he didn't return to the bag, but they reviewed it and it was a hit. And then Oyama hit a sack, sack fly. fly. There yeah. you go. Yeah. First <laughs> run of the game is one to zero after one inning. That was the only run of the entire game. So Otake went six innings. Three hits against, three strikeouts, no walks for the win. Iwazaki, Ishii, and Yuasa, each with a clean inning. So there you have it. One to zero win. Great game and uh, way to go beating the Swallows with just one run. Not going to yeah. do that every day. You, you were our lucky uh, charm. Have to have been. Have to be. You know what, though? So I've, I've gotten the loss in deck where we sat for this game uh, four times and we have yet to lose when I'm there. So... Well, hey, <laughs> give me the deck for the whole year. And, I know. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last game of the recap was yesterday. That would be the 9th of April. And once again, um, it's not a sack fly, but this time we got our RBI on, I believe it was runners on the corner and noisy hit one that looked like it was going to find the hole, but it ended up being a G6. It was bottom of the third, pardon me. Um, it was a really nice play by um nagaoka their shortstop yeah. just to get the force out at second base but uh, he broke up the double play scored the run one nothing lead and that lasted quite a while actually um, until the seventh inning so psyche who was on the mound for us today um had eight strikeouts through three innings like he faced 10 guys struck out eight of them well i mean let's even go further there's nine outs and he eight of them were k's yeah exactly exactly yeah um, I think the other one was uh, an infield fly. So I think, yeah, yeah. pretty crazy, good stuff. His bottom line, though, was seven innings pitched, five hits, one run against, and 11 strikeouts. And yeah, that one TV, run against... Personal best for him, yeah. Personal best, that's right, yeah. His one um, blemish came in the seventh with a Kawabata pinch hit RBI double down the right field line. Um, and then the rest of the way, man, the Tigers had chances in the bottom of the seventh, bottom of the eighth, bottom of the ninth, bottom of the 11th. Like, and so two out of those four were walk-off chances. The other ones were just chances to get a lead. We couldn't do it. But, you know, as much as I want to blame our hitters, like you got to give and you got to take. So our pitchers were outstanding and so were theirs. When yeah. it came down to holding, you know, holding fort and making sure nobody crossed home, both teams' relievers were crazy good. We had Iwazaki, Yuasa, Ishii, Kyle Keller, and Kajia giving us a scoreless inning each. Um, the most impressive of those, Sanjay, was Keller, who walked a guy. Um, I think he walked Aoki. Pinch runner stole second, got third on 
uh, wild pitch. So wild it's pitch. no outs, no outs, runner on third. And he's facing Yamada Murakami. And I don't think Osuna was still in it. Oh, no, maybe Osuna was still in it at that point. Perhaps. Murderer's row. Yeah. And he got an infield fly for uh, Yamada and then a strikeout Murakami and then a ground out for Osuna to get out of it. Yeah, it was crazy. But the whole game, man. So this is where Torotere came in handy because this is a four and a half hour, one to one, 12 inning game. Just ridiculously long because every inning, it seemed like one of the teams or both had chances and the pitchers clamped down. So it was just, I was on the edge of my seat for the whole game. Yeah. And you got your money's worth for a Torotele subscription. Yeah. Just in that one game alone. There you go. So uh, we go one, one, and one against the Swallows. Overall impressions of this series, Sanjay. You know, going one, one, and one against a team that has two peated, if you call it that, is nothing to be um, down about. And there's one thing that actually I remember is, um, Umeno went and blocked a pitch by, was it Yuasa? In the ground, in the dirt. And he, it actually, he, he stopped it with his thumb, his, his right thumb. Yep. Uh, and it was like, dude is giving everything he's got because otherwise they would have like scored and, and, and won probably on, on the back of that. Yeah. But he did what he had to do. And my respect for Umeno goes up just that much again as a defensive catcher. Indeed, indeed, yeah. And, you know, you also have to give him credit for the game that he called or the games that he's called, really, because, I mean, mm-hmm. he's done quite well. Um, yep. And a lot of the times that our guys got knocked around, like the pitchers, was because they were leaving balls up in the zone. That's what I saw. Yeah. They, I don't they, think we, it was the game have... calling. I think it was the, the pitchers were at fault. So if they can step things up, I mean, we're going to be a machine. The other thing about this Swallow series is I think the Swallows team ERA on the season is still under one. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that we scored a run per game is kind of doing better than the other teams that face the Swallows. Yeah, we're above <laughs> average. We're above yeah. average. Crazy. Crazy. So the Swallows right now, by the way, are 6-2-1, uh, and one, and we're 5-2-1. and one. So we're like right pretty much neck and neck with them. All right. It's time for the hot topic. Hunching Tigers, English. Hunching Tigers, English. Hunching Tigers, Hunting Tigers English Hot Topics. Hot Topics. So Sanjay, we have played eight games of Hunting Tigers baseball in 2023 with a new manager. We are five wins, two losses, and one tie, as we've said. And for the first eight games, we had the same starting five, top five. The one through five hitters were the same. The six, seven, eight, and of course, nine have changed a little bit. But we're going to go through these guys kind of one by one and just give our first impressions. Um and you know we'll back it up a bit with stats but really it's just what do you think what have you thought about this guy's performance so far on the whole what stands out or what you know what do you remember about this person when you hear his name after eight games so we'll start with the leadoff guy koji chikamoto playing center field any thoughts on him well i'm really glad that he is batting leadoff and not number three and if you recall from the first few years, he was a sort of a notoriously slow starter in the spring, um, you know, before getting warmed up. Yet here he is, you know, getting it done. And I'm really, really positively impressed and, and positively um, surprised and and very happy that he's doing what he's doing. If you want to go into numbers, he has a 935 OPS. 
Yes. And a 400 RISP. Yeah, those are both great numbers. The one that's, there's two that stand out to me. One is extremely positive, and that is the fact that he has 10 walks and he's been hit by one pitch. So he's gotten 11 free passes in eight games, which is just a torrid pace, especially for a guy that never really walked that much in previous years, right? Yep. He, he, he would prefer to rack up the number of hits than walks. Indeed. Um, and countering that, he only has two strikeouts. Nice. Yes. So um, the other one that stands out to me is that, and, and this will even itself out and then some, but he has no stolen bases so far and he's been caught stealing twice. Yeah, I, I think one of those calls was a bit iffy. Right, yeah, I object to one of those calls and I think they reviewed it and they still got it wrong. So Yeah, they got yeah. it wrong. Yeah, so a little bit of tough luck there for Koji, but uh, hopefully he will uh, turn that around. I'm sure he will. You know, he is going to run um, and he's going to succeed just because that's who he is. Uh, and just to mention that his Instagram handle, I believe, is Koji Speed 5. Yes. Yeah. And you can find all of the social media handles for all the players, the ones that I know of. Actually, they're all on H10 on the website. So you can, it's your one stop shop if you want to follow the guys, see their pictures and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Let's move to our number two hitter. That would be your man and uh, Samurai Japan member, Takumu Nakano, number 51, second baseman. Thoughts on Moo? Don't change a thing. <laughs> you know yeah. the, the move to second base second base i think you know was, he's handled it in stride he looks solid there and um you know what he's got five walks this year which is mm-hmm. not not nakano that i remember from last year or last, the year before yeah i don't think he had any I don't think he had more than five the whole year last year. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I kid, but uh, yeah, seriously, he's been really good in that department. And then, yeah, like if you look at just how he's done at second base, um, we don't want to talk about last year's guy, but it is like night and day. And when the ball is hitting that direction, okay. Kind of side note, when the Tigers played the carp, anytime they hit it to the right side of the infield, like anywhere near Kikuchi, I was like, no, hit it the other way. Like no matter what, because at least you've got a better chance of reaching base. And I think people are going to start saying the same thing about our boy, Takumu. You hit it in his direction. He's going to get to it. He's going to get you out. Was it game one where um, he started off with a nice play up the middle to help out Aoyagi? Yes. Yeah. Game one. You can look it up on YouTube. It's, 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 It's a work of art. It was poetry in motion. So, and, and think about it, this is his first year ever playing second base. So looking good there, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's got one stolen base on the season. And I think, so. and I think he's been caught stealing as well. I am wrong. He has got two stolen bases and no caught stealings. So, mm-hmm. oh, one of them we mentioned, right? We mentioned the one where he was picked off or they threw a pick off and he just took off for second and beat the throw from first base. Right. Yeah, pretty crazy stuff. So good for him. He's also got four sack bunts already. So obviously being in that number two spot and when Okada feels the need to manufacture that first run real early, that's what's going to happen. So we can expect him to be bunting. I'd actually like to see him try to lay some of those down and get some infield hits and have runners on first and second with no outs in those situations. I know it's not, it's maybe being a bit too demanding, but that would be pretty sweet. I have to say that he... 
I think bunting didn't used to be a forte of his at the start yeah. of his career. So right. um, if we get a sack bunt out of him, I think that's a win already. Okay. A successful sack bunt. I accept. I accept. Okay. Moving on to number three hitter, and that would be Sheldon Noisy wearing number seven and playing in left field. Now, as you know, Sanjay, uh, a couple of things. One, we don't have tons of expectations on the first year foreigners because very few of them pan out. And secondly, even if they do start well, like in their first 10 or so games, we don't necessarily say, okay, this is the guy that we got and this is who he's going to be for 143. But Noisy is batting 344 right now. And how have you felt about having him in that number three spot? Love it. He just came in and slotted into exactly what I think, um, I, well, I don't know if it's Okada or the management or GM or whoever, but he's, you know, they got him as sort of the the connector, if you will, the contact hitter that, you know, bridges between first, second and the cleanup or four, five, six. And he's done everything that you expect him. He's not going to hit, hit you a lot of home runs, but man, he's he's just reliable and solid and doing all the right things. Uh, I'm and not only that, but I don't know if, if I'm speaking out of turn over here. Um, Okada said that he gets mad when Okada wants to re- put in a de- defensive replacement for him. He wants to stay in the game and play, huh. <laughs> which is kind of cool. He's like, keep me in the game. I'm I'm good. Um, and he's also very proactive with the coaches, both for um, defense and for the base paths. And they said he's not the fastest guy on the team. He's also not slow, but he's got sort of this uh, ability or no, not even that, the desire to keep playing better and better. And so he's like taking every little edge that he can learn from and apply it to his playing. And the outfield coach said, you know what, this guy's going to just going to get better and better the more reps he gets. Kind of reminds me of a number 52 we had for a couple of years there, Jerry Sands. Hey, um, again, Jerry Sands was not the most fleet footed of guys, but he had that alertness on the base pass and he got a couple extra bases, not stealing, but you know, when he saw a little bit of laziness out of the, the other team's fielders or whatever, he took the extra base. He had the instinct. And I think that Noisy has got the same thing going for him. I've seen it a couple of times already this season. And yeah, let's talk about his defense where his range might not be unbelievable, but I noticed in the first couple games, it seemed like he was having problems getting a read on some of the the balls. Like even a ball hit in front of him, he barely got it on one hop. Like it hopped once and it almost bounced twice before it reached him where it should have easily been a one hopper. But then um, towards the end, I mean, he made an outstanding catch at the wall. He made that one catch in the rain that I talked about in the recaps. Mm -hmm. So he seems to definitely have um, just that good instinct on defense. The other thing that I like, he gets the ball to the infield fast and he throws the ball hard to the infield. Yep. Um, and yeah, no offense to old number 24, Mel Rojas Jr., but uh, we're not going to see any more of those floaters coming back to the infield with noisy. Nope. In fact, um, I think we're going to see a, f- a lot fewer doubles because he's going to get the golf ball back in. Yep, exactly. And I think, you know, runners are going to be a bit scared to try for the extra base against him as well, which doesn't hurt either. Nope. Okay, moving on to number four, Yusuke Oyama, who wears number three for us and plays first base. Thoughts on Oyama so far? I think that he's he is our number four hitter. I mean, he's actually doing the job. He's getting it done. Lots of sack flies. But 
that's not a problem because last year we didn't get those sack flies and now we're getting them and we're getting some runs. So I'm I'm happy with what he's done. He's playing good good defense. Uh he's been this this sort of solid anchor in the lineup and in the field. Bring you more of that. Full disclosure, um, and some of you might know this just on past podcasts, but I never really was a big Oyama fan. But he's really kind of turned that around, at least in my heart, in the past couple of years. And just the way I see him leading by example, I see how serious he is about getting RBIs, about bringing guys home, scoring runs and getting us wins. And even his comments, like he, he's been on the podium, I think twice already. And both times, you know, he wasn't, he doesn't get all hyper and he does, he's not like, yeah, you know, I'm really happy about how we did. He's all like, you know what? We just needed a run there and I'm glad I was able to do it, but we wanted to get more runs later and we didn't. And that's something we need to work on. So, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's very serious about getting better at baseball. Um, he's not satisfied with how he's doing, but I am satisfied with how he's doing so far. So I'll agree with that. He also brings, um, stability to us at first base. And so far the guys that we've talked to, um, provide us with really good defense. Every guy that we've talked about so far may not necessarily be a golden glove winner, but they definitely bring us stability and dependability on defense, which we haven't had in years. Yep. He's made some nice, nice defensive plays at first base, even in the last couple of games. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Let's move to our number five. Teruaki Sato, who has started every game batting fifth and has started at third base every game. Thoughts? Terry, Terry, Terry. What shall we do with Terry? He has not had the best start of his career. No. And, and I don't know what to do about him. Um, you know, everybody was saying that he changed his batting stance and he did to, to the extent that he uh, is more, I guess, crouched over or bent over than before. But he still holds his bat way up high by his left ear, to, in my esti- estimation. Mm-hmm. And he still seems to be having trouble catching up to pitches. And really, every time that I s- remember seeing him hit, it's been an off-speed pitch. He can't turn around on the, on the fastball. And mm-hmm. that's not a... You know, that's not a good thing. I agree with you on that. Um, you know, the first couple of games, he looked pretty good, actually, because he had a couple of doubles against the Bay Stars. And I don't know when the last time is that he got a good, solid... I think he had one hit against the Swallows. And maybe one against the Carp, or maybe zero against the Carp. So he's he really slowed against, things down at the dish. Yeah, he had one against the Swallows, and it was a, it was like a, a hard hit... Uh, ground ball between first and second into right yep. field. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. But um, in general, he just seems to be having trouble hitting the fastball. Yeah, you know what? Like after the first series or maybe two, I remember even saying on social media that he is a lot more selective at the plate, which is still true. He's definitely yep. not swinging at bad stuff. But have you noticed that quite a few of his strikeouts, like you said, have been on fastballs? in the zone yeah right yeah i mean he's swung at a couple of breaking balls out of the zone to you know to account for a few of his seven strikeouts but he's also had a few in the zone where it's just like man you're just not able to get around on those fastballs and that's a bad sign so i was thinking to myself you know after the first series once pitchers start to actually pitch to him he's going to be dangerous because he had seven walks in those first three games or four games something like that i think in the four game win streak he had seven walks um 
but he hasn't been able to turn that around. He hasn't had an extra base hit in ages. And yeah, like him and Oyama, obviously, you know, uh, we want home runs from both guys and we've got zero from each, but you know, at least with Oyama, we can say, well, he had, you know, the huge clutch RBI double against uh, the carp. He had sack flies when we needed runs to, you know, open the scoring, whatever it might be, but Sato really hasn't done anything. And he's had tons of chances, tons. Well, including yesterday when um, he, his chance, chances were uh, bases loaded one time and nobody out man, man on second, and he struck out both times, I think. Right. But to his credit, I have to say that he's not doing the what are you swinging at um, swings that he did last year. He's holding yep. off on some of the ridiculous pitches that he, he would have gone last year, and he's not doing yep. that this year. So that's improvement. To me, that's hope that, you know, if he it continues to watch these bad pitches go by, pitchers are going to have to throw in the strike zone. And then he just has to figure out how to hit the balls that are in the strike zone and then look out. So there's definitely hope for him. I don't think he's going to bat 160 all year. No, okay. I agree. Let's get into our number six hitter, Shota Morista, the rookie, who has been uh, the starter for the first six games of the season. And then he rested Saturday and came in midway through on Sunday. I'm going to get things started on this. Let me tell you, he's only struck out twice so far this season, and both of them were against Taguchi, the closer of the Swallows. Uh, so up until Friday, his last at bat, he had not struck out. And then he struck out in one against um, Taguchi on Sunday. But that kid hits with some serious power. He almost got his first career home run. He doesn't have a home run yet. Um, but even like the last out of the game on Sunday, he hit that thing with authority. It just kind of went right into Murakami's glove. So I love what I see from this kid so far. How about you? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. He He's the real deal. I'm really glad we got him rather than the, the other guy. And, um, you know, you can't really ask for more from a rookie. I mean, he's he's gone above and beyond what anybody should expect from a first-year player. I mean, is this guy really a rookie? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, even like, you know, in Hiroshima, in the rain, um, you know, right up on the in the warning on the warning track, he tracked down a ball and made a really nice catch. You know, for a guy who's never played in Hiroshima in the rain to be able to do that shows that he's got some awareness on defense as well, which is something I love. So, and then as we said in the recaps, he also walked uh with the bases loaded. Um, and I think he's drawn a few walks already, which is kind of nice to see. Uh, we don't always get that out of our guys. Yeah, he's got on the season. He's got two walks and two strikeouts. So that's pretty decent, though, in just 24 plate appearances. So we accept that for sure. Um, his replacements on Saturday, it was Shimada. And on Sunday, it was Itayama. Neither of them has recorded a hit this year. And quite honestly, um, I know that Morista is going to be fatigued this year uh, because his first season playing this many games and traveling this much. But the more we can see of Morista, the better, in my opinion. I agree. There was a comment I saw from Okada saying that, you know, sort of like we hadn't given um, either uh, Itayama or Shimada much of a chance. So I wanted to see them and give them a chance. And we should also mention that Saturday, Morista was slated to be in the starting lineup, but the Swallows switched their pitcher. So they had a lefty uh, slated to pitch. And then at the last minute, they changed it over to a righty. And so, um, Okada did a swap there as well. That's so, right. Yeah. Okay, let's move to catcher. We got Umeno, who started every game except for Saturday, which was Sakamoto, who helped our team to get a shutout on that day. Any thoughts on especially Umeno? So this might sound a little harsh. I love Umeno, and 
I think his D is fantastic. Uh, I mentioned earlier the the you know sacrificing his thumb to prevent a run from c- coming in and so on. But man, his O is lacking. No oh. O. So we're gonna call him Umen until he gets his O back. <laughs> yeah, no offense, buddy, but you've got no offense. So. Or you're an offender because your op your uh, OPS is 323 and your risk is 111. Yeah, I don't know. You know, like we drafted him to be a hitting catcher. This is like 10 years ago already. You know, he was going to be a slugging catcher. I think he batted fourth for the uh, all university Samurai Japan team before he got drafted. Where is that guy gone? Yeah, I don't know. So we talked a bit about his defense already and his game calling. We are very happy with those parts of his game. We just would really like to see him pick things up um, as a batter. Okay, let's move on then to our shortstop. We had Obata in the first six games and Kinami in the last two games. Uh, thoughts on both? Well, I love Obata. And mm-hmm. to me, he is Yamato version 2.0, newer and improved. Um and he was doing great, and it's really great to have him and Nakano patrolling the middle of the infield because you, as as pitchers and as fans and so on, you don't have to worry about stuff going up, being yeah. hit up the middle. Having said that, they gave, you know, Okada gave Kinami the chance, and man, has he produced. And so now it's like he's he's kind of like played himself into the lineup, and like you can't take him out until he starts faltering. Well, yes. Problem to have. Yes, no. And so, I mean, in fairness, Kinami has had nine plate appearances, and his first six, he had no hits. You know, within that, he had two sack bunts um, and a walk, but he got his three hits to get his average up to 500 in his final three plate appearances, you know, of this stretch. But, uh, you know, I was talking to my boy Zorni uh, during the game, as I tend to do. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, I'm just tired of Kinami and he got a hit. And then the next time up, I was like, man, I don't know about Kinami, you know, like he never does anything in this situation. And then he got a hit and then he led off the <laughs> 11th, I think with a double. And I was yeah. like, Hey, I'm done. I'll shut up now. So <laughs> yeah, like I, but Kinami is one of these guys that just puzzles me because he'll do that. But then he'll also hit like 12 G fours in a row, you know, where he's just grounding out to second or whatever. So I don't know, like I'm still not sold on him being the everyday shortstop. I'll put it that way. I think that he's not our everyday shortstop, but when he's hot, you play the hot hand. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think he plays well when he's got a chip on his shoulder. So if we give Obata, you know, the lion's share or the tiger's share of time at short, (laughs) he's going to be a little bit kind of pissy. And then he might actually hit the ball a little bit better. There you go. So, okay. Uh, We're done with the starting position players in general. And of course, you know, when it comes to pinch hitters, we had Haraguchi really come through and Haraguchi actually had a couple of good at bats. Um, the only one that had a good result was the home run, but, um, just love having him there. Cause I think he's a scary pinch hitter. I wish there was a way for us to have him in the lineup more. He's the one guy that I really think, man, if there was just a, like, if we had the DH rule, he could be our DH and we would rule. Yeah. But then who, who would you call in for your pinch hitter when you need one outside of the DH spot? Yeah, I mean, it would be less necessary to have a pinch hitter in those spots then. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the number of times that PL teams use pinch hitters compared to CL teams, it's like half. So 
I would rather slot him in the DH and maybe be lacking the PH because the DH will get you four at bats and the, the pinch hitters sure. might get you a total of two the whole game. And, sure. the, and the one pinch hitter can only get you one. So, yeah. Unless you bat around. Yes. Yes. Which, in which case, you don't really need him the second time because you're doing that well. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on then to the starters. And we'll just kind of quickly run you through who started which game or or whatever. But so we had Aoyagi on both Fridays. We had Akiyama the first Saturday and Otake the second Saturday. We had Saiki both Sundays. And then we've seen both Nishis once a piece. Uh, Yuki on Tuesday and Junya on Thursday. Thoughts on the guys in general or individual guys? No, our pitching was supposed to be our strength <laughs> this year. And so far, um, that's holding true. So I, I have no complaints. I mean, the pit, the pitching is fine. Uh, and we have more arms where they came from, and I'm not really that concerned. The starting pitching has been, you know, fairly good outside of Akiyama. I didn't really have a very good start. And Junior probably was a little bit substandard for what we hope for him. But um, Psyche has been crazy good. 19 strikeouts in 13 and a third innings is ridiculous. And he just looks in control. So we already talked a bit about him. So that's, um, that's maybe enough. Aoyagi has looked very much like himself. Um, not walking guys nearly as much as he did at the start of his career. So we're quite happy with him. Um, Otake was very impressive, right? Yes. And then, uh, yeah, Yuki again, Yuki Nishi was basically what we've gotten from him for the past four years, you know, like a quality start, six innings, two runs against, and just kind of looked like he always does. He's not dominant, but he's also never going to fall apart. So pretty good. How about the bullpen? The bullpen, um, I have to say that I I kind of like the new way that Okada is using the bullpen, where he seems to want to like distribute the load a lot and not force the same pitchers multiple nights in a row. Too many, well, certainly at least you know, they they do two nights in a row maybe, but not the third. Uh, and he's spreading the the spreading the wealth or the opportunities anyway. And they're all responding, so I have no complaints about the way Okada is using the the pen. So we do have um, three guys that have pitched in five games, right? Five out of eight. That would be Iwasaki, Yuasa, and Ishii. And then we have Hamachi, who's pitched in four games. And so we, you know, we, we are spreading it out, but at the same time, um, he is leaning a little bit more on some than others. And Iwasaki, um, as we said in the recaps, he's allowed all of the inherited runners to score, but he's only allowed one of his own guys to score. So he's been all right, but I kind of expect a little bit better from him. Hamachi struggled. Obviously, he gave up the two-run home run, which kind of hurt us in that one game against the Swallows. Um, KK gave up two runs, but looked really good in his other games. Um, so, And then Tomida is looking good. Kaji has looked good. Ishii has looked ridiculously good. And then Beasley just came along. And, uh, you know, we'll see how he does. He had, just like we said, the one, um, one inning, kind of struggled a bit, but he struck out two in that inning and uh, didn't give up a run. So I think the bullpen, and like you said, I think we just got, we got guys just waiting to come up. I'd like to point out that Iwasaki was asked to come in mid-inning with runners on, whereas everybody else came in with a clean clean uh, base path. Yep, and I almost think that that would be a better use of Iwasaki. I don't think he is the fireman that's going to you know take care of other people's messes like that and put out fires. And I think that's where Iwasada is going to come in handy because I think he's a little bit better at that. Fair point. So um, we've kind of talked quite a bit about Okada already. 
um, the managerial decisions he's made so far, but any thoughts, any other thoughts about him or about the Hunching Tigers in 2023 so far? I think we're going to have the manager account for something like 10 additional wins on the season. That's crazy. That'd be great. Yeah. That's, I, I think he's that much of a difference maker. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen that he, he kind of goes for the win. He's not really, he doesn't care as much about giving the players a chance to accrue experience or to learn from their mistakes, but rather like, no, let's nip this in the bud and make sure there are no mistakes. So, you know, I will, I would say some people have said this and it was maybe in retrospect, they're like, why didn't they pull Psyche after six innings? And they could have used Ishii and uh, somebody like Keller and USA. And we could have won one to nothing on Sunday as well. But I think that's just one of those, you know what I mean? Hindsight is 2020. Yeah. I mean, the way Psyche was pitching, you kind of wanted to ride that one for as long as you go, because you never know what you're going to get out of the pen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm pretty happy so far with uh, Okada. I'm pretty happy with the Tigers. Of course, I want to see them do more than like in the past four games. You know, we're kind of lucky that we just went one, two and one, but we scored a total of three runs and we got to do better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Scoring only one run a game is not a good recipe for a good season. Nope. So uh, let's step it up, Tigers, but uh, let's keep things going and let's get into the predictions where we talk about the upcoming schedule. What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? What's going to happen with the record going to be? See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. See the future? Yes, they can. Check it out. H10 predictions. What's going to happen with the record going to be? So, Sanjay, we are doing a lot of road games now. We played uh, six at home and two on the road so far. We have got nine on the road and just three at home in the next fortnight so we head to tokyo dome for three and then yokohama stadium for three then we host the carp for three and then we go to vantaline dome for another three so six games guaranteed to play because it don't rain in domes most of the time and then the other six hopefully we will get to see some action as well what are your predictions for this 12 game set so i'm going with a conservative five and four on the road hmm and two and one at home, which gives us the what? Seven and five. Seven and five. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going with that too. Um, <laughs> we're, we're matching. It's it's maybe, uh, yeah, I won't go specific, but if you nail it with that five and four and two and one, you are the man. But yeah, I think seven and five is it's pretty fair. I think we can do it. The Giants have struggled so far pretty mightily, and it looks like their pitching is pretty bad, but they will have Togo up. Uh, on Tuesday for us uh, against us I should say and we'll be bringing Yuki Nishi to the mound so we'll see how that matchup goes but I think the rest of the way we might be fine against the Giants um, the Bay Stars I don't know it's going to be the weekend again but I know Ishida wasn't Friday he was Sunday this time around so they might have Imanaga on Friday for us I'm not exactly he sure back? pardon me Imanaga's back I think he's coming back this week and I forget if it's on Tuesday or Friday. Okay. Yeah. So it may not be as easy, uh, quote unquote, easy a series as the first one was against the Bay Stars. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And then against the Carp, again, we're kind of facing a similar rotation to last time. I was thinking, man, um, Endo shut us out for five innings to get the complete game shut out um, in that rain-shortened game. 
And man, Justin Bohr, I remember, really took care of Endo for us um, back in the day in 2020. I remember he hit a grand slam off of Endo and he also had another home run against him. And it seems to me like we just need somebody to be that guy to take care of Endo. And I think if we can do that, like, I think they're bringing their better pitchers again on the weekend so we don't face their quote unquote better pitchers. So I think we'll be fine in that series. And then uh, the big concern, of course, would be the weekend, the final weekend series there at Vandaline Dome against the Dragons, who are terrible this year. They have, a, oh, they just hit their first home run on Sunday. So they're about the same as us there, but they've been shut out four times already in eight games. So we'll see how that goes, but I think that's going to be a really low scoring weekend series. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's what y'all can expect. I hope that you are able to check out as many of those games as you can and enjoy some Tigers wins. That's a wrap for another episode of H10. Thank you all for tuning in. And if you haven't gotten your fill of us, we are out there on the interwebs. There is Patreon, the website, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, and maybe a few others. Also, uh, I just put out a daily sports column the day before or the day of opening day. So if you haven't checked that one out, it's up there. It's about uh, Hanshin Tiger's Twitter account that needs a little bit of spicing up. I'll be back with another article at the end of April as well. The details for all those things are in the show notes. I want to thank Infraction for the theme music and, of course, show for mixing the pod for us. Couldn't do this without you, my friend. Thanks, Sanjay, for joining. It's fun. Thanks for having me, as always, and let's do this again soon. All right. Catch you all next time. Let's go, Hanshin Tigers. Gambari Hanshin Tigers. Are, are, are. Are.